All right, guys, welcome back to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 38. As you can see, we're very we're very crowded in here today. We have two special guests, one of which is Juana, <laughs> who has been on the show already. And we are also joined escaped by- from New York. Yeah, we, she has escaped from New York for a bit. And speaking of New York, we are joined from New York right now by Mr. Matt Antar, New York segregated citizen. Well, yeah, I did not escape New York, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn it. Not yet. Uh, well, Juan is still there too, but yeah, geez. we'll see each other when I come yeah. back for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so the reason I wanted to have this conversation, at first it was just going to be with Matt, and then, you know, our plans kind of shifted around a bit. And then Juana turned out to be visiting, and I'm like, this is perfect because we all can sort of share in this experience of what New York City is like right now post. I don't want to say pandemic because I'm tired of using this fucking language. And I know you understand what I mean. Both, so we're going to say post lockdowns and post post COVID policy, post COVID policy, post build yeah. back better, post COVID policy for some, for some. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was why I wanted to have you on. And it was one of the reasons we talked with Juana as well. So yeah. Welcome to the show, dude. Thank you. So Where are you from, Matt? Tell everyone. Are you a New Yorker by by uh, birth, or? Yes. Yeah. I'm actually. So I was born and raised here, and uh, my parents were both born and raised here. And wow. if you take uh, if you take my mother's side, um, and you go on her father's line, uh, you can trace our family back to New York in the 1800s. Wow. Which so, boroughs? Which boroughs? Um. So the Irish side was here. It was on the Lower East. I think that. Well, I think they were on the Lower East Side at first. In um, Hell's Kitchen, probably, right? I, maybe. I, I know they ended up on the Upper East Side. Um, and then the Italian the Italian side was in the Bronx on Arthur Avenue. Um, that's where my grandmother uh, was born. And, um, the, and my father's side, uh, his parents were immigrants um, from uh, Mexico and uh, the Middle East. Oh, wow. And... Uh, uh, but he was born in, in uh, Brooklyn. So you are like, I mean, the, I've lived in New York since 96. And I got to say, you are a quintessential New York. I mean, you, you fit the, almost the like the, the you got the like, if you're going to take a pure New Yorker and like put it into like an alchemy kind of thing, you would make you basically. Yeah. Well, the oh, can you do the accent for us? Can you do a New York accent for us from the Bronx? The different cultures, especially. Is How, how's it going? How you doing? Yeah, what's I up? Coffee and, uh, and forget bagel. about it. Forget about forget it. About forget it. about <laughs> it. They fucking hate us now. The ones who have that accent are listening to this and they're just like, no, I'm it's tired of you people. Love imitating this accent said with love which bro are you in i'm now? from new jersey so they fucking hate us anyway um me i'm so i'm in upper manhattan now um west side where, or east side uh uh there is only west side so i'm in i'm in inwood which is like the the tippy top like right oh you're all the way up okay yeah i'm all like all the way up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so but um, you're still in my neck of the woods straight light head up from the north mm-hmm. good yeah so tell us a bit not just about your experience over the last 20 months, but I guess I'm also interested in your political journey. So huh. we met through Mike Harlow um, in New York City last time we were there. Hi, Mikey. So shout out Hi, to Mike Mikey. Harlow. We've got, Hi, Mike. you know, we've met a lot of cool people through him so far. So awesome. And, you know, your journey was one of being, I don't want to say woke, but would you have described yourself as somewhat woke? 
in your earlier days? I, I would describe myself as sort of um, liberal-ish. Liberal. Whatever they mean by that. So, sort of like begrudgingly, like speaking the woke line okay. without like putting too much stake in it. But it was just easier to when people would say things, I would just be like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, and not like, I don't want to say I was like actively against any of it, but I was just kind of like, some of it I thought was silly. Some of it I was like, okay, maybe. Um, But I I never had a reason to like take a deep dive into any of it uh, until not even March, 2020, like maybe the summertime of 2020. Really? Um, So, you know, and and you got, you got red pilled heavy by the last really bad That's i mean like a year, it was a year just, and a half you, you know what it was it was so i was i was on i was sort of like begrudgingly on board with the covid stuff for like maybe the first two months most like, people were to be honest. yeah most, I, and i wasn't I, I like was not at all really except for like the first couple of weeks yeah. and then in march Mo- like I most learned, people mm-hmm. were though and even i would say most of the people we've talked to who are aware of what's going on yeah say something very similar to to what you're saying they're like yeah you know i gave it a chance i'm like all right two weeks i'll i'll give it at least that amount and then after two weeks some of them were like hmm and then by like oh blm can protest but they can't a lot of people were like all right this is crazy so that was like one wave of waking up that was another one and then from there i guess as it dragged on more and more people were like what the piece of shit no so i like so it was interesting because i so the thing that i knew from the very very beginning of all of this was that they were going to try and make a jab i'm not even going to say the v word they were going to try and make a jab they were going to they probably flagged that word already too to be honest yeah well the thing they were going to try and make a thing um the pokey and uh from 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 the very beginning i knew they were going to try and make it i knew that they were going they wanted to poke you yeah and i knew that they were going to quote unquote in that they were gonna like they were going to put something on the market uh and i knew that they were going to try and mandate it that that much was clear to me from the very beginning can i ask you a question if you don't mind if because though i mean i was really active back in the days of hiv aids like during the crisis how if you don't mind i if you don't mind me asking that how old are you question because i'm 43. so i'm 31. so you Um, you were in the age 31 club but growing up in new york do you think that the memory of what was going on may have influenced why you thought that things were going to head in that direction so quickly because my worry was from the beginning about Mr. You know, F himself that Mr. F <laughs> that he was you going did such to such a great job, Doctor F. Well, you know, Mr. Puppy Killer and um, oh. like experiment on orphans and um, lie about transmission guy. Oh, so many lies. Yeah, so my, I guess that's why I I was I didn't think of that, but I did know that you know I remember he always wanted to create a uh, a pokey thing for yeah, HIV AIDS, and so I mean. I remember when Larry Kramer and all of them were finding this stuff and we were all, you know, doing everything we could to avoid this. Do you think having, even if you were younger, being in the city and kind of hearing this stuff is what made you kind of suspect something would happen or was it something else? No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's an awesome take from you. Um, but no, I'm, I'm coming at it from a, a very a, a different um, standpoint. So I've, uh, I've always, um, 
from a very young age, I have been um, actively uh, in opposition to mandatory these things mm-hmm. for any reason whatsoever. And I have seen the I have seen the lying and the deceit and the coercion that goes on with that. Um, so I so I guess the part that I sort of bought into in the beginning was like, so there's I bought into like there's this really serious thing out there that we have to like protect ourselves from and we have to lock down and blah blah blah. Yeah, and, but and there they, was a thing out there, you know. Like, right, right. I'm not saying that there wasn't. Neither are we, and we've never made that. No, claim. no, people COVID is accused, real. COVID is real. People have accused us though of saying, "Oh, it's a hoax," and it's like, no. What we're saying is the danger is exaggerated, and the lockdowns and all of that shit—that's the hoax. Yes, that's the hoax. exactly. But just right, to- absolutely. No, no. I mean, happened I with HIV/AIDS though. I mean, Fauci sure. was lying at the, from the beginning. Excuse me. Uh, you know, he. I remember when he claimed that transmission um, from a child from a parent to a child could happen casually. And so he recently won the, what was the guy's name, the kid's name who got uh, HIV from um, uh, um, uh, transfusion. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> he, he won the award named after this kid, but it, was sure he did. but it was because that kid was getting bullied, but that kid was getting bullied because of what he said. And, you know, we went from, because, you know, it was already established. We knew what trans, how it was transmitted completely new. It's very similar to how right now he says things like, oh, but we don't know how this variant is. It's the same yeah. bullshit all it's, over again. It's BS. Yeah, like as I've, as I've done my research later, I have come to see like, you know, I had no idea that Dr. F was, uh, was a person in the 1980s during all that. I have obviously come to know that now yeah. um, because I've- You and many you know, others. Yeah. Um, and how actually the LGBT community was like very vehemently protesting him very um, much so. because of because of the the whole AZT thing. And, well, actually, even before that, way before yeah. that. So, like, like in 1982, Larry Kramer wrote this uh, open letter to Dr. Fauci that was published in the Village Voice, where he called him basically. He called him um, like he called him. Um, he called him Eichmann. Oh, this was what you mentioned on the sh- on the show. Yeah, he called time. him Eichmann, yeah. the, the, like the banality of evil. And he also, I mean, I can pull up this thing, and if you the language he used, and then the excuse people make later on is that Larry, the claim was that he and you know Fauci, and, and after he died in March of, of 2020, there's all this stuff coming out that Fauci says he loved. No, Larry was essentially became very aware of the fact that you have to make nicey nice with the guy who's got all the money and, you know, decides as the gatekeeper. And it was being nicey nice. I mean, Fauci himself says that in, I think it was 2003, there was the HIV AIDS conference and no progress had been made at all. And then this guy sits down with him and he talks about his temperament and how nice he was about it. And then he basically says, "Um, you've put me in this position where I have to choose between going blind and dying. And that's when suddenly Fauci opened up the doors and like allowed all of these medications to come through. And, you know, I mean, ostensibly he went from, we went from like people dropping dead. So, you know, you never knew what was gonna happen to prep and all of those things. And then in 2008, there was a super bug and that was in my neighborhood. And I remember going to the community, like going to the GMHC, which was now no longer gay men at all. And basically somebody looking at me, shaking his head, like, you're not gonna be able to do anything. And it was wow. it was essentially because the communication 
completely went away. People were doing, you know, uh, bug seeking and gift giving and didn't understand viral load. So they didn't understand that if you can contract multiple, the viral load goes up and up and up, nothing in the cocktail is going to be able to handle that. And, you know, nobody would talk about the cultural differences. There was all these noble lies about how it was transmitted. And I participated in that. So I will you know, I know what it yeah. was about, but back then too, the, those noble the, lives were because people were killing gay Well, men. it's what's like, so similar too about the time, and you mentioned it was like the suppressing of other treatments. And, and oh God, yeah, totally. You know, and not not allowing people to be treated in particular ways that's, because you want to sell your own product, and that's kind of what we're seeing right well, now. Well, he we didn't pokey even, poke. That's not even what I mean. What Larry said himself. So Larry, like, with his language, like, oh, yeah, is the, right the, there. The he said, drug the hydroxychloroquine so very long he said no but there's something yeah. i can pull it up like the parts i know this like um it? so it says meanwhile antibodies so he says meanwhile uh, so this is written in let me just tell you what year this was so this was written in 1981 um, or two this is 88 i think nah oh you're right sorry 88 sorry i'm i'm, I'm always confusing my wow, i see some harsh so language he says the gay community has been on your ass for three years for 36 agonizing months, you refused to go public with what was happening. Correction, not happening. And because you wouldn't speak up until you were asked pointedly by a congressional committee, we lie down and die and our bodies pile up higher and higher in hospitals and homes and hospices and streets and doorways. Meanwhile, drugs we have been begging that you test remain untested. The list of promising untested drugs is now so endless and the pipeline so clogged with NIH and FDA bureaucratic lies that there is no Roto-Rooter service in all of God's Christendom that will ever muck it out. <laughs> you whine to Congress that you are short of staff. You don't need staff to set up hospital treatment centers around the country. The hospitals are already there. They hire their own staff. They only need money and you have money. You have 374 million fucking dollars for Christ's sake. <laughs> the gay community has for five years told the NIH which drugs to test because we know and hear first what is working on some of us somewhere. You couldn't care less about what we say. You won't answer our phone calls or letters or listen to anyone in our stricken community. What tragic pomposity. The gay community has consistently warned that unless you move quickly, your studies will be worthless because we're already taking the drugs into our bodies that we desperately locate all over the world. Who can wait for you? And your scientific protocols are stupidly based on utilizing guinea pig bodies that are clean. You won't listen. And now you wonder why so few sign up for your meager assortment of quote unquote scientific protocols that make such rigid demands for quote unquote purity that no one can fulfill them unless they lie. And why should those who can obtain the drugs themselves take the chance of receiving a placebo in one of your, quote, scientific studies? How many years ago did we tell you about aerosol pentadine, Tony? This stuff saves lives, and we discovered it ourselves. My guy calls him Tony. We came to you hearing this, bearing this great news on a silver platter, begging you, can we get it officially tested? Can we get it approved so insurance companies and Medicaid will pay for it, as well as other drugs we beg you to test as a routine treatment, and our patients go broke paying for medicine they can get cheaper, you monster. Assume that you have AIDS and that you've had pneumonia once, Representative Nancy Pelosi said. Hmm. You know the aerosolized pandemic was evaluated by NIH as highly promising. You know as of today that the delays at NIH trials may not be solved this year. Wait, would you wait for NIH study? You replied, I probably would go with what would be available to me. 
be it on the street or what have you. We tell you what drugs there are. You don't test them. Then you tell us to get them on the street. You'd continue to pass down word from on high that you don't like this drug or that drug when you haven't even tested them. There are more AIDS victims dead because you didn't test drugs on them than because you did. Yeah. So, and uh, that's today yeah. three point almost three million people dead. Yeah, so, now. on that note, I think this is very similar in it their, so in, similar in the current practices suppressing ivory drug, like I said, and hydroxychloridrug. Oh no, the fluvoxine is actually yeah, the one that was. I just, the restriction of treatments and the well, fact that they weren't allowed really, to use it. We knew these treatments worked. People knew they were using are, them. There are yeah. effective treatments. There are vaccines. There's prophylactic treatments. And in real, like it's 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 a nightmare. It's the same it's thing all mild, over again. It's a mild respiratory virus. But but it's the same thing all over again. That's the sad part. And yeah. for people that it's not mild, there. If we really cared, I'm sorry. I, I just I will calm down in a second. I get so angry about this because we went through this crap in the late yeah, 80s, yeah. early 90s, and you know, I, I the people that I'd be blunt about it, the people who fought and won and did a great job doing it are all dead. Yeah. And that's the problem. And I will say this, that anybody who walks around wearing a red ribbon or ever did or, you know, claims that they were, you know, doing anything for HIV AIDS and they don't know about this and are touting along this bottom line of mandates and not caring about, you know, treatments, they are quite frankly, not only pissing on bodies, they're stomping on gay history. And that's my yeah. little rant. And what's so that. crazy is like, <laughs> I don't know if Matt is, I don't know if you tend like bars or if you're in that scene i was never much into the gay bar scene but it's crazy right now that right now like you can't go into gay bars in new york city you are segregated and i can't i can't even go into a straight bar (laughs) i go into any of those places yeah Yeah. we stopped that from happening to people with hiv that they were able so there was some i don't know if you remember uh, buckley um, so that HIV people with HIV should have tattoos. There was all this talk going on and on that the mandate should be in place that, that gay men with HIV AIDS should be segregated. Yeah. Dying alone dying was alone. another huge yeah, one. Yeah. I held the hand of two men as they were dying because I could pretend to be their daughter and right. their lover couldn't be there. So this nonsense starting all over again. Right, it, right. It, and it, the dying it, alone it, thing is also like, I mean, the 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 COVID patients in the early days. Except not even the older days. It happened right, just to my mother yeah. a month ago. Yeah. yeah, they're still isolating people in nursing yeah. homes. They locked them down for like a single freaking positive case and things like that. So, thank you. you. Know, and I and I see people on the other side being like, "I arranged FaceTime with the dying person's family members." I'll be like, "Arrange for the dying dying person's family members to be in the hospital exactly. with." Exactly. Yeah. Like, come on. The man. argument that we would be making, and this is the same argument now, because back then it was not about transmission. It was all about whether or not somebody was. Remember the rules like only family, right? That's why we were pushing for, you know, what was called, we were just calling civil unions back then. That was the main reason was so that family, when people died or when they were dying and all those rules that were in place were arbitrary, run and created by people who are just small little hearts with a lot of power. And it's exactly the same. And the fact of the matter is, is if your mother, lover, husband, wife, brother, sister, kid are dying, you should have the right to take the risk whether or not you want to be exposed. Absolutely. And that is the only person is you that has that choice. Right, 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 right. Well, they, they, I mean, they flip but, it. They say, well, you're going to expose them to more further, I guess, variants and et cetera. That's et cetera. such crap. Or you're going to expose other patients in the hospital. So we have to isolate you from them. And yeah, the, the, whole, the whole thing is absurd. 
And like you said, in the early days is really when we saw a lot of that stuff happening, especially in New York, especially in New Jersey and Massachusetts and states like that. Something in Georgia they, right now. They right now. kicked all of these Horrible. patients out, you know, who had severe cases and they were already sick and they're just like, oh, well, we need to free up the beds because they're old already. So whatever, just put them in the nursing home. They can take care of them and we'll free up the beds for all the young people who never showed up. Right. And so a lot of 30,000. So they spread it more in nursing homes to the vulnerable people. And then they left those people to die alone. It's almost as if it's a culling, which is what, see, what, what, what didn't get, I didn't get to in this thing from, from Tony is that, excuse me, from Larry is Larry flat out calls him Eichmann. He calls him a, a not, he flat out calls him a yeah. Nazi for intentionally killing people. And the thing that's even scarier is if you pull this one up. Do you want to talk a bit about Eichmann actually? Explain a bit of that. I know Hannah Arendt, sure. she wrote a, the book on Banality the of Evil. Banality yeah. of Evil. So Eichmann is sort of the, he is the, so, uh, you know, a lot of these people from those, you know, the from the eras of uh, Hitler have kind of become, um tropes so like eichmann is the person who said you know i was just doing my job yes and so just following orders you know the so eichmann is like the so with, with the banality of evil he, what she says in there is that evil is it doesn't look like something that is going to be you know you don't recognize evil as being this you know thing hunched over i mean that's one of the reasons why uh, right. a lot of people when they talk about you know this evil intention going on, or even talking about sometimes overly talking about uh, Klaus Schwab, I want to say like, listen, evil looks like the person who just sent out an email saying that if your child in Brooklyn is going to be able to go to the classes at this gym, that they have to be vaccinated. That's evil. That yeah. person, because nobody is actually putting a gun to your head. Nobody, there's no actual law in place. It is, and it's, it's the, it's the, it's basically the prisoners become the torturers and right. that's what is going on and that's that was what the soviets did too. yes they um, did you know they, prestige prison yep. well they they would take some of the best prisoners and kind of put them as the heads of you know the guards yeah. in some cases and they had a whole sort of prisoner hierarchy yeah. where they would you know yes, keep right. each other in check and you you'd get certain rewards and shit like that for telling on people but there was even what's even darker though is that like in the prestige prison experiment is um which was in Dunham, Romania, and turns out my grandfather spent some time there um, as a, you know, um, is that what they would do is they would, the the, tor the, the idea of what's being, with the, who's the torturer and who's the tortured starts to mix up because the goal there was to prove that a person has no consciousness, no soul, no, there's nothing unique about a person, like a block of wood. That's radical collectivism. I mean, like what we're going through in New York now, I mean, we have a Marxist mayor and, you know, her whole, the oh, whole, look, I have fear. Oh, I bought this. Yes. Right here. What is that? Who is I, that? I brought it's that. I brought that. Oh, oh, it's the, oh. oh, I brought yeah. that from New York for them. It's yeah. Fuhrer, it's Fuhrer de Blasio. No, yeah. I mean, so. I figured so, he would join us. Would and you know, he us. is German, by the way, guys. You know that his actual real name is Warren is Wilhelm. Really? Yeah, Warren Wilhelm is oh, his yeah, real I name. Yeah. His, his uncle was in the CIA. And oh. Kaiser, that means I'm convinced he's related to the Kaiser. I'm yeah. telling you. He might be. Maybe his family came in with a uh, project that, paper clip or something. So de Blasio, I mean, de Blasio is, is complete. I mean, at this point, he's just completely unhinged. Yes. I mean, oh. it's like. You can like you can almost like see the madness in his eyes when he talks. Yep. Like as yeah, soon as dude. Cuomo is gone, that like as much I can't believe I miss Cuomo. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I know. I it, it's 
and and de blasio i mean de blasio was showing signs of this kind of thing all the way back in 2019 absolutely when um there was that like measles outbreak um in in brooklyn with the yeah with the um and it was in the hasidic community and he's a long long time known anti-semite all the way back from like remember what happened in uh between the the uh, what's the neighborhood where there were the the crown crown heights in crown heights all the way back and look at the crown heights stuff he was basically dinkins is like muscle boy Hmm. yeah like and, and it's it's this guy goes so far back and he's such a and he stole a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars or more. Or right. Well, that, that, um, what was that program called? Thrive. Yeah, Thrive. And yeah, even right. the Times was ripping him apart. And th- like the fact that, so there's this, there was this, um, one of his call in like videos right before the homecoming, right? Remember that terrible, you know, home, like New York homecoming where only the vaccinated. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. The, and they're the trying concert, to recreate right? yeah. basically that like Central Park concert with um, yeah. you know, Simon and Garfunkel, right? Yeah. So it was ridiculous. That got rained out. Oh, that was an act of God. And I prayed for that. I'm so <laughs> glad, man. And hey, wait a second. I'm the Jew here. So I'm going to say thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you no, know, we don't control the weather, but you know. Yeah, right. Oh, dear. But the thing was, is that, you know, when he, after he did that, I was, I was watching his videos and he would have people calling in. And this is just as he announced the first mandate, right? In September mm-hmm. and no medical exemption, which for me really freaked me out because I got CRPS. I mean, I for me, it's like risking getting like perm, like pain for three years beyond any imagining, and then a one way ticket trip to Oregon. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, who's going to come with me to be euthanized when I have a trip? Um, uh, I don't know. Kidding, that's a joke. Like a fun trip. No, it's not a fun trip. Um, and I can't even go to Switzerland to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm joking, of course. I would never do such a thing. But um, the it, this is why I don't want to be forcibly vaccinated. But when you listen to what he's saying, this this woman from the New York Times called calls and he recognizes her voice and says hi to her and she's like well because you don't have to be elected again why don't you just you know like make it mandatory for everybody and he says well you know it's like rungs of a ladder we don't need to do that yet but all things are possible I'm pulling in the ladder and all rungs on the ladder are possible and and I I couldn't believe what I was hearing Mm -hmm. because at the New York Times who was opposed to him. The New York Times, who was one of the loudest, the hypocrisy of our city. And I'm convinced that the moment these people are all died, that this, Fran Leibowitz said we lost culture and and audiences when people died of HIV AIDS, not just artists. Mm -hmm. Evidently, we lost some of the best and the brightest New York had to offer. And we are now just surrounded by, to quote Spaceballs, absolute assholes yeah. well a lot yeah. of people a lot of people <laughs> fled but even yeah. before that though so, and it's like a lot of people i think had to make very very difficult decisions too about their career and how they want oh to i don't live. blame the people and i don't think i don't think it's even just because of the virus and the mandates either the mandates is part of it but i think part of it is when all this stuff happened more and more people really realized how dependent they are on the system Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why cities started to kind of flood out of it and people left is they're realizing like, wow, if this oh, shit yeah, happens and say, a, say a real serious pandemic happens, like an actual serious virus, video. lots of people mm-hmm. dropping dead from it. And the government so does this shit yeah. again. One of the things that we should have learned from all this is that when shit really does hit the fan, don't count on them. Don't right. count on the establishment and, and the system to be there for you because it's right. not going to be. And I think more and more people wanted to think more rural and 
uh, like we should be living maybe in a different way that's like off the grid or if not totally off the grid at least more self-sufficient in in growing food and raising cattle and so i think a lot of people were like fuck it let's get out of the cities let's get more rural let's buy some land and hopefully we get it before bill gates does and they're just like fuck it we're out so yeah i mean i i, I understand i understand that way of thinking i i really do i mean so like you know, I think, so I think cities can obviously like I'm a New Yorker from like way back. Like I think cities can yeah. be like, you. I, I think, you know, New York has the potential to be New York, like the way we remember New York. You think so? Um, I th- maybe. Please. I hope you're right, man. Something more, I, I, I want to hear that. I think it does. I mean, I think, I think under, I hesitate to say competent leadership because when I mean that, I mean people who don't run around ramming mandates down people's throats. I mean, people who like, you Not know. delusional assholes. Not right, 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 right. Yeah. I think that, it, you know, I mean, I, I remember like, I don't know, 10 short years ago. And it was like, you know, you, you, you spend a night on the town, you see a Broadway show, Amazing. like, you know, you go out, you, you know, jobs were thriving. People were doing well. I mean, New York, New York is New York. I mean, people, people, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Like, my fear is that if you can make make their this destruction here, you can yeah. make that anywhere too. And so I feel like yeah. I listen. I am. I love. I've been in the city since 1996. I was in Jersey. You know, I may not have been born there, but you know, when I was I was 21 when 9/11 happened. 22, lost a friend. I moved to New York City when I started Tisch School of the Arts. It was the only school I applied to. And I wouldn't apply anywhere else. And now I can't go to a theater. And I yeah. and I and I am yeah. fighting. And I listen. I I would I would love to sit down with you and we'll plot and maybe come up with genius ways. Because I will say this too: is that if a miracle could happen anywhere, it's also in New York because New York has a it's a being in and of itself. And she does not want to die. You know. Yeah. Well, like 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 you said, the fact that it's happening there is what's so crazy. Yes. Is because yeah. New York is supposed to. I mean, it's the fucking Statue of Liberty is right there. It's exactly. Like we think of liberty in many ways when we think it's like the biggest American city, the most major American city. So I think it's just part of me can't help but feel that there yeah, it was so targeted, and I think Juana has said this in a sense too that it was targeted. It's like, hey, if we yeah. bring New York City to its knees, and if we can get new york city to accept this shit yep you know maybe we can get this across the country people to accept them hey it's a new hip thing it's and vogue. not just that like, and not doing just... it in new york and it's great it's vogue if you look you at... know the, the other thing about the other thing about this whole thing is 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 the demographic of new york right now is is very different and, and i when i when i say that i mean like the the professional class in new york right mm-hmm. um so think about like your typical like like New Yorker who's been around for a while, right? Like you know, uh, like like yeah, you like, know, like yeah, like a like a guy from Bay Ridge who's like you know, the house has been Queens. in his family since like you know however long, right? Those people are typically the ones that e- even now the because you know we were talking about like my lineage going back in New York in the in the beginning, and I'm like. It feels like a dying breed for for a lot of reasons, you know, I mean, it's become very expensive to live in New York, a lot of people have moved out to the suburbs. Um, And um, a lot of people who are like in New York, like, 
and, and I don't mean that we don't accept people. Of course, we accept anybody who wants to come to New York, but sort of. It's a lot of, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, we're not mean, we're very, we're not nice, we're kind. So, like, right. if you can't cut, but this is the thing the people who are there now, two years, three, five, 10 years, they couldn't cut it. They would leave. They right. couldn't make, I mean. Uh, well, I'm, it's actually really good for uh, repeat offenders and people who have. Oh, rapists do great. Well, also, really people, good job people who now. have HIV, like confirmed, oh, like they wonderful. Give you, they'll give you discounted housing. They'll give you meds. They'll give you free medical care, like all. And if you've gotten, if you've actually had your T-cells low enough once to have full-blown AIDS and you've got it for like three years, man, it's like all good. Free housing. Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah. But uh, on this point of bringing the city to its knees because I feel like that that was kind of I think they did want to target New York City specifically and to really like show like what maybe we, if we can get it here and get people to accept it you know it'll be seen as this mainstream hip cultural thing which is kind of working sort of in some ways and then not totally working either so it's like I do understand Juana's perspective like this shit is just terrible it's hard to feel hope yeah. it's going to recover and it just seems like oh, they're going to keep pushing it the, the authoritarians aren't going to stop it's going to get worse but i also understand your point in that you know new york is resilient new york does come back it has experienced shitty times before and it's recovered from those times every single time it's new york city so i i personally never felt that it was going to totally just die out and then become like a like a ghetto husk of its former self but i did see it heading in a direction of where it was starting to look a little more like the 80s well the thing but, is you though know, is you that know, that's my point though about like you know the 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 new yorker from bay ridge versus the person who is like was doing pretty well and like you know uh is it like probably came here from wherever else like New York can come back, but New York needs like the New York grit back. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. tough as nails New Yorkers who, you know, like I said, it's the ones that have like been here for a while, these kind of tough, gritty personalities that are the ones that are against everything that's going on. It's yeah. more than but that, right even. now it's kind of overpowered. Yeah, it's kind of overpowered. Yeah. Danny Dusty. By- comes to mind i just who? danny presti from max public house yeah right 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 yeah right. Like, he's the epitome of that like new yorker i, I don't give a fuck but it's not uh, my those. kids my city i'm fucking standing up to this shit but if you also exactly. look at like the, the demographics of the people who are at the rallies right and i've been doing all of them except for the first one because i was i'm sorry i've been at three four five like and i've I met the, the organizers. Good transition. I actually wanted to go into that stuff. Well, I, yeah. the one thing I was going to say, though, about it is that at the last recent one, and this is what's so heartbreaking about all of this, is that, um, I mean, I'm convinced that what's actually going on, I mean, if I was, I don't want to give any neo-Marxists any ideas, but if I was going to, you know, try to apply these things, I would do pretty much what they're doing because it's, it's a land grab. So much of this is a land grab. It's a real estate grab. Yeah. But the thing is, is that when we were at the last rally, I don't know if you were there or not, um, it was incredible because the number, I think it was, it was like at least like 40,000 people. Was this the one on the 20th? Yes. No, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. There. You, you I was were there. there. I you saw were you there. posting pictures. So did you see, you know, did you notice, I mean, I was toward the front. So, you know, the cops who, who can't really have an opinion, they were giving me like thumbs up and there was not, you know, and all the way along people were cheering us on. I mean, I'm so used to like the one that went through Central Park where people were screaming at us. There were more people showing support than not, I saw people taking off their masks in Soho. And because when we got down there, 
I mean, I lost. I was like, so what the fuck is wrong with you? So, excuse me. What the F is wrong with you? So I've been cursing the whole time. So you're fine. So like, so you're, you know, you are so We're not monetized. We take advantage of that now while we can. So, you know, that's, 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 that's the thing though, is like, you know, I just got off the, you know, because I don't think for New Yorkers, that's the thing is that somebody said to me this and one of the people that I'm staying with here. And he said, and I have to say, I, I, I'm starting to wonder and agree with him is that protests, especially in New York, we've never been really a protest city. We do something, right? And I would agree that we've always bounced back before, but never have we seen this cultural and artistic desert before. And never have we seen Agreed. people moving from San Francisco, I've met, saying it's, it's this New York is the cool hip place to be. And they don't care that 80% or 75, 80% of black New Yorkers are segregated. They don't, they make jokes about how white the bars. I mean, the racism that I'm suddenly seeing coming from these transplants who I'm sorry, have no freaking business to be in our city. Yeah. And they come in and they do that stuff. My, my host and, you know, mother host in Florida said the moment that hundreds, you know, 10,000 or thousands of New Yorkers go into Times Square or go into Union Square or, or anywhere and sit down and won't move until these are lifted. Nobody moves for however long it takes. That's what it's going to take. And mm -hmm. I have to say- Well, that sounds like a very Occupy Wall Street. Well, Occupy, well, before yeah. Occupy went political and like, like went to the dark side. Yeah. Sure. But in this case, it's I keep saying to people, like, I don't think people, my family's from Eastern Europe, you know, we know yep. from your Cuban, I don't think people realize what's at stake. And yep. if New York goes, it's not going to stop there. And the fact of the matter is you and I uh, being people that we can't go to a museum, right? Mm -hmm. I okay. noticed something which, you know, was so heartbreaking. I mean, I'm going to go to the Dali Museum and I'm going to, maybe I can FaceTime with you or something so I can show you because <laughs> I, I want to cry for you because yeah. I, the fact that I've come here, you realize how much, it's it's insane where we, our home is has been it's another attack they basically decided to do yeah, it two like, so planes couldn't do we went into a restaurant last night i started she, to cry she got emotional at the door and was like getting all teary-eyed and stuff and i was like oh in florida's been like this for like <laughs> most yeah. of the time so i cried when i said it. it's like it's so, so can i can i make a few points sure. uh, uh, of what was yeah. just being said so yes the freedom rally um the freedom rally stuff is uh there was there were tons of people there on the 20th it was awesome Zero um, coverage. and the what people what people don't seem to realize is that the the racial demographic okay. that is the least likely to have gotten the thing mm -hmm. is black people yep. right so yeah. the mandates are the mandates are segregating everybody who doesn't have the thing but they're segregating, but they are most likely to segregate a black New Yorker over yep. anything else. Yep. Right. So like poor. black, poor New Yorker. Yes. Yes. A black, poor New Yorker. And for they sure. think it's because, for access. It has nothing to do with access. This right. is choice. Right. Real choice. My, you know. Right. And, and, and on that point, you know, about a black, poor New Yorker, it is also more likely to segregate a either poor or working class New because for some reason, the working class, and maybe this is always the case, but like the working class is the most awake and the professional class rolled up their sleeves and they're going out to their little wine and dine, whatever. Brent, and Brent mentioned to me the 
other night that PhDs were also a high category of people. New York City's right? New York City's the exception, and that I think is one of the weird demographic parts. But listen, you know, one of the things about Marxist revolutions, and I really do believe this is one, and I'm just going to say this: it's a myth that it comes from the bottom up. It's yeah. always it's the revolting elites that do this, and they it's like that. There's a great quote from this article. You know, you you hand them the keys to the bakery and they burn it down. And right. well, that was insecure gonna, people in the world. That was going to be my next point: is that you know um, these these elites, because that's what they are. They claim to be for working class, for minorities, for you know. They claim to be helping, and then when the working class is like, I don't want to do this communist shit that you're telling me to do. They call they're like, yeah, well, fuck you. You can't go anywhere. You can't. And now we haven't even gotten to this yet. Now, two days ago, uh, Bill de Blasio or Wilhelm, what's his last name? Kaiser Wilhelm. Wil- Warren Wilhelm. Warren, Warren Wilhelm. Jr. Our dear friend here. Warren Wilhelm Jr. Warren Wilhelm Jr. Is just said to everybody in New York City, you may not have a job if you, d- if you, didn't, get the, if you didn't get the thing. He just said that on Monday. He well, said a court. I think also there was a temporary injunction now for a week to delay it. But then they're gonna... no. That's a, that's a different one. So that's he's putting so many, he's put in so many mandates that it's like hard to keep track, right? No, like basically he's like you know there's a joke of if you ever seen Eddie Izzard's Dress to Kill. Like there's this great that's moment nuts. like in the middle of like World War II. He's like we're taking ice cream cones, throw everything we got, everything we got at it. And, yeah, like, yeah. Throwing, and, and, and Eric Adams just recently and I I said this from the beginning. I said everybody. There should be one reason to vote, only one. Are you pro-mandate or not? And people bought the bullshit that said that New Yorkers only vote Democrat. Oh, I kind of remember when we had a governor that was Republican and we had a mayor that was Republican and and, and Bloomberg pretended to be a Republican. So, you know, it's, it's people hear things and they have like, I think there's a generation of people, no offense to you guys, because I'm I'm the oldest here, um, like age like fine wine. Um, <laughs> but anything, like, you know, I say this about Gen X too, because I'm a Xennial, freaking crazy, have the memories of goldfish. And they hear something because it's said on The View or said mm-hmm. on, and, and I worked at CNN and I got to say, this is a whole new level of crazy. And mm-hmm. the media that is based in New York any of those people who are based in New York and have done what they've done, as far as I'm concerned, they are no better than, oh, let's see, um, people who took advantage after 9-11 and stole things. That's how bad they are. Yeah. They're no, worse than that even. Yeah. Worse. They're, they're so, yeah. So banality when, does, when does the mayor turn over up there, Matt? Right. So January January 1st, Eric Adams is supposed to take over. So this is the hubris of of, uh, Wilhelm um, is that he 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 literally said he's like 100 percent of private sector businesses must have 100 percent of their employees. It's crazy. At the thing by December 27th. What? Four days before (laughs) he leaves office. What's going to happen? What's he going to do? Like seriously, is he going to show up at my door? Or is Hochul going to show up at my bed? She's who scares me, actually. Just send out the goons. But you do, but don't remember Hochul. But remember, there oh, is yeah. there is a bill sitting in assembly right now, and it's been there for a long time. And people keep discounting it, but it's yeah. I think it's four one six B that basically yeah. says the moment it goes through that the governor can decide to drag you and I and put us somewhere. And if we look at Australia, 
All I'm going to say is if either of us say we're about to be dragged to go somewhere, you and I, we, 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 we need an underground railroad to Florida. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like sure. straight up, like it's yeah. freaking nuts, man. Oh, and my third point that I was going to make before speaking of Florida is like, so I haven't been able to get myself to Florida. I think I'm going to try and go in the winter because I just need to. We should come to together really again. Yeah, Southwest, I mean, 56 we, bucks. We've, we've been back and forth. So I think that's what's also been so interesting about the whole experience for me and Brent over the mm -hmm. last year is like being back and forth between Florida and New York and New Jersey and just seeing the difference culturally, but just generally how people are reacting to all this stuff in living, you know? Well, it's so, not yeah, down here. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Florida because I haven't been down there, but I, I have been, I mean, I get out of the city as much as I can right now. Like obviously not on a plane, but like I, so I live in, I live in upper Manhattan. So I jump on a Metro North and I go up to Westchester and I walk into a restaurant with people no, none of the wait staff are wearing masks. Nothing. It's like my like, 2019 me. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go. Please, let's let's how, all, literally all these all these New Yorkers that I've met now who are like you know based who think this is crazy. Yeah, based. based. I love that word. Um, they, we should all take a trip to like Westchester. I went. I, I live close to the George Washington Bridge. I literally walked over the George Washington Bridge into Fort Lee, New Jersey. Genius. And, and like went to an Italian restaurant, and I had this amazing veal parm. And like it was like my 2019 sounds fantasy. Like, like it, it was like, like a founding father story. My 2019. It just sounds like something like Alexander Hamilton would have yeah. actually had to do it or something like yeah, that. I mean, I it's nutty. It does. It sounds like no. That. It's it is crazy though. It's like literally you could just go over the state line and yeah. Instead yeah, of, uh, instead of, I, I, I cross, I cross state lines. You know, you know what happens when you cross state lines. Oh yes, no, I, I did, I did the you dirty thing. I crossed any, state lines. You didn't bring any firearms across. <laughs> We're not allowed to have them in New York. <laughs> you know, unless, all right. unless you're a criminal, then it's there's fine. There's no Second Amendment in New York City. Basically, you? it doesn't exist there. Yeah. Right. Right. True. Especially if you're, you know, that's the other reason I wanted to leave. Yeah. I think what we need to do. Well, I think that's why the dude, lockdowns were harder there too. Dude, I think what we need to do is just like grab some speakers, throw on some loud house music, and just rave out like happy New York style and say, fine, try to, you know, arrest us. Try to, because I'm telling you, the majority of New York is opposed to this. This is the thing yeah. that people don't understand. And the, the couple of people that are holding on to it are people that I'm convinced have a fetish for yeah, this. Right. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. A majority of the New York of New Yorkers are opposed to this, but a majority of New Yorkers are fucking docile yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they yes. they got their they got their thing. They don't agree it with the mandate. Does it affect them so they're just like, yeah, whatever. Watch yeah. what happens when they're not allowed to go in and anywhere. I mean, it listen, here's the thing though. All the businesses that are all the businesses that are putting into place these Let's remember, de Blasio is the same guy that when he was running for president actually managed to make the taxpayers pay for Red Sox tickets. Boy. That's the guy who's telling us what to do and that yeah. every single bar is just doing because what are they going to do? You, what, why aren't we raising money so that those fines can be paid? Like that's what we should be doing. Right. If you're worried right. about fines, we'll get your back. We'll cover you. That's what, I mean, New York used to be really good at raising money. So there's a there's actually a great organization um, that's founded by a guy named Rob DeLuca. He owns awesome. DeLuca's Italian restaurant in uh, in uh, on Staten Island. I, sh I should know better on Staten Island. Um, but uh, he he's uh, heads up an organization called IROR, which stands for Independent Restaurant Owners Association. And I forget what the R stands for. Nice. Um, they are a group of restaurants that are defying the mandates and they are raising money. 
because oh. they they have lawsuits and this is why I said like I can't keep track of the lawsuits, but they have yeah. a specific lawsuit in for the mandates that say you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go to a movie theater, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, first of all, why should we have to enforce this? But second of all, why should we why should we have to segregate like our like we need our customers, right? And especially right. like, I mean, on a place on a place like Staten Island, it's like that's that's the least jabbed borough. Like the the businesses down there, they can't afford to do these mandates. Right. Setting aside the fact that they're that the mandates are unconscionable, they they, they literally just from a financial like, standpoint. Okay, now take your income and separate it in half. Right. And you take half right off the top. Right. And all your operating expenses and everything else is the same. Your taxes are the same. Right. Your rents the same. Your mortgage the same. So take half your half your income and just cut that right off and and survive. Yeah, that's that's basically what they're telling them. And so IROR is actually. Uh, they have like a, a give, send, go or something. They're raising money for the litigation. I'm yes. sure they're raising money to pay fines if they end up having to. But from what I understand, they're not going to pay fines until the lawsuit is resolved. And they shouldn't. Don't and they shouldn't. Exactly. exactly. Because, like, yeah. Don't pay a dime. Don't yeah. pay a Danny, dime. Danny what, Preston didn't pay any of that those stuff. fines like, up and throw them. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, and what, what people don't know so about Max Public House is they would like pull the camera out and they would come and serve them the fine and then i think it was keith was his partner them? just ripped it up right in front so of them. the well they also person, i mean you know, they weren't the enforcing sheriff. it but the so the the sheriff of new york county which is basically like the mayor's personal goon squad basically, it wasn't yeah. the nypd we have a sheriff we in do. new york city yeah yes. there's, there's the NY unfortunately the, the ny sheriff's office who is basically like what does he do in normal times they, like don't, nothing? they don't they don't do anything they like guard the the mayor they're like they're like for the courts and stuff you know like they serve like so they like serve the like eviction police? warrants and things like they they do like administrative warrants and so stuff like the like capitol that. police kind of basically they serve yeah. people that's what they do right they're not service but served so but, yeah, but they, what people they what it. these restaurants don't understand is that they're they, they they they're so scared of being slapped with fines. There is no statute under which to find I mean, them. Exactly. Fines aren't legal. It's not, they're not legal. Of this is legal. And if all these people just collectively were like, "Fuck it, we're not paying it," then what are they going to do? Like, yeah, shut do? down every restaurant it, in New it's, York. Like, it's straight up extortion. That's mm-hmm. what it is. it's extortion, and it's right. criminal. And all everybody who's doing it should be. They should be. I mean. They should all be prosecuted. We should yeah. prosecute Cromo. We should Agreed. prosecute De Blasio. Any of these governors, any of these these little like you know Fauci and all of his minions, Peter Daszak. I'd like to see all of them charged with crimes. Oh yeah, because not only did they lie to people, and, Phil Murphy, I see you, and use you. and use public health as a you know an excuse du jour to to move a lot of money around from from public to private hands but also they sort of indemnified themselves and all their little minions and all the corporations from any sort of legal liability and they're totally ignoring all the negative side effects and they're shutting down speech everything all of it is illegal all it's of it illegal should, all of it should be prosecuted and it's illegal and it's and it's really unconscionable i mean what you know it's it's just it, it's a, it's a gross uh it's a gross like I just disregard for human rights. Damaging the the damage done to the medical profession over Mm -hmm. this whole brouhaha. It's going to be for decades before you get public trust back to where it was. Lord help us if we have a... An actual. Imagine if there was an actual serious disease and they come across like, oh my God, there's a 20% death rate. Nobody's going to believe it. Here's the thing too, is that if we ever have like what the plague was, which was a... um, 
That was like a, Ebola, but no, but no, if we have a super bug, right? I had a super bug actually, like a antibiotic resistant super bug in 2000. It was not pleasant. Oh, so yeah. after that, I became sort of obsessed with it. I'm the most concerned. There's if, if that ever happens, remember phages, phages, phages are amazing. They're a virus that actually eats bacteria. Don't ever just be only afraid of it because I'm worried that, right? Or even like the, how immunity works, right? I mean, for the gay community specifically, I would say this is a major issue because if people, are starting to believe there's no such thing as natural immunity why not bother getting hiv you see what i'm saying why bother like why not worry why even worry if you get it there's if, a pill for that one but not only that if people don't understand what <laughs> t-cells are if people don't understand these things it's like the gay community is going to go backwards one i don't know if that's and covered in the science well the science is. is wrong since i mean larry like listen look you don't larry kramer look the guy up act up I don't know why you're not doing your job. And like, that's, you know, if you, all the time you're spent worrying about politics. And like, there's this great video from like 1992 where Larry's uh, talking to this group um, of uh, people who are all, they're quite literally talking about um, treatments. And he's in the room and all these people are bickering and they're like, this is about free speech. And he goes, now it's my free speech. And then Larry just screams out, goes, plague. This is the middle of the fucking plague. And are you act like this? And obviously this isn't a plague, but decimation, decimation, we're in the middle of decimation and you act like this. I mean, that's yeah. the same well, kind of thing. It's not a plague, but we are dealing with a sickness and one that lots of evidence yeah. indicates was, was concocted in a lab. So is you yep. could label it a bioweapon and some you are labeling that, it as such. So you know, look, looking at it in that context. And it's democide too, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like democide well, is happening. I, I think every step of the way, the, this is my opinion, and but the numbers I think bear it out. I think every step of the way, it seems like the point was to kill as Absolutely. many people as possible. And that sounds crazy, but it's, it's like, there's the virus, it's that's true. one level. Then they're shutting everything down. That was that was the second level of it, and all the repercussions of that, and the deaths yes. that followed, which are never talked on about. On top, on top of the sickness spreading already, and the lockdowns happened after peak infection happened, so mm -hmm. they didn't actually do anything. They actually made it right. worse because they bunched all the sick people together in with other healthy people, and they locked everyone indoors. There was that, and then the, I guess the next layer is is these injections. It's like, were they really meant? to improve our health or was the point of this to just get a subscription thing going on for people profit obviously but maybe to kill people i don't know you know yeah or, or to make them infertile at least and there are some who believe that that might be the goal and that's why we're seeing like miscarriages and you know fertility issues blood clots all that shit happening in regards to this so it just feels like the goal was to cause damage from the beginning um control yes that's part of it but yeah to just make sure we can just kind of thin the herd out as much as we can through all this shit change the economy and like Juana said train the city out so you can buy it up for cheap as a land grab right right, right. Maybe, yeah i mean he said it himself he actually said that that's what he was going i mean listen that's funny this guy is such a buffoon and he's such a delusional idiot that frankly he he'll just do anything and see what sticks i mean listen do you remember last New Year's what he was doing, dancing with his wife while none of us were able right. to go to New Year's Eve? Yeah. The fact that I listen, I don't think New Yorkers are so much docile as I think there's something that's really changed in our city, and I blame our media for this because I remember for years you we would know what was going on uptown versus downtown, borough to borough. We would care. Mm -hmm. Right now, 
I think since the Trump presidency, all these people talk about is either Trump or now they're talking about variants and, and all of it still seems to be a combination of mass formation, but also people aren't over their anger at yeah. Trump for whatever yeah. reason. And yeah. if we keep going in this direction, of course, we're going to be docile. I mean, I have a, a neighbor that I, I, I admire him so much because we sat and we spoke and I gave him some data to look at. And he looked at it and he thanked me. And he said, I can't believe none of this is in the New York Times. I said, I'm, you're not going to find it in the New York Times. And this was about the newest variant and, you know, what the, like how many people have died and things like that. And when I say that this is democide, it's democide. Democide is political, like genocide is, you know, when you well, kill Democide someone. is supposed to be one out of 10, right? No, no, democide. That's decimates. No, so yeah, democide means, so genocide means when you, when the government or, or when people are killed for creed, race gotcha, gotcha. but yep, it yep. is a form of democide though yeah. democide just means government killing people yeah. and the, there's a, the last count from 1999 was 170 million people just killed by the government by government and i i tweeted about this recently i think it might still be my pin tweet and you know when we look at what's going on with children i mean he's <laughs> so yeah this was like he's a got little, something up we pulled this article up but this is like an old story about how the NIH and the NIAID uh, conspired with orphanages in New York in order to test drugs and vaccines for HIV AIDS, for HIV AIDS on orphan children in New York in the in the, like the late 80s and early 90s. And wow. the things that they found was that the drugs were uh, the, the drugs didn't have a lot of times they were doing it for toxicity. So like they were just basically giving these these things to kids. Kids to were beagles, it, basically. Yeah, they basically just gave it to kids to see if it would kill them. It's not just puppies that and, this guy messes with. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And it goes on and just like shows that a lot of the times, you know, that the reasons that they would justify, you know, they'd say like, oh, well, these were experimental drugs, that this was the only way that these, you know, HIV infected children would get any help. It was all BS. It's complete BS. They it's the same reason them, why they're giving like have B vaccines for like 24 hours. Right. It's a like, bullshit. They were giving them, so they were giving these drugs to kids who were not exposed, were not positive. Mm -hmm. Um, they, and they were supposed to all, every children, every child involved in these studies is supposed to have an adult advocate who was sort of outside the experimental protocol that was supposed to as to serve as like a guardian for the child. And they found that like less than 10% of the kids enrolled in these studies were getting their basically having the, that adult advocate present to, to advocate for their rights. And, Can you believe this stuff is not this, like so? CNN, Fox, and this has been known. Is not, this is from like 2005. It's even earlier. There was a documentary that sure, was made yeah. about this in the 90s. I mean, this is one of the things that everybody who knows about this stuff, I feel like, are either they have no voice or they're dead. Like, because, and, and, and that's why this can happen. But the press knows, and the, like, I will never, ever forgive the artistic community who sat around, run around wearing, you know, red ribbons, making Dallas Buyer Clubs and the movie Dallas Buyers Clubs and the movie Longtime Companion and the movie It's My Party. And the, I mean, and was basically profiting off of HIV AIDS and the death of my friends. I'm, I'm, it's just, I'm yeah, right, right. Right. sorry, I get so angry about this. It's just, well, it's funny because you find that they're like willing to experiment on children. And very like, willing. And it also comes to like the Jeffrey Epstein thing because that's another situation where it's like governments are willing to use children as these like blackmail extortion pawns where they yeah. sort of like set them up with like 
you know, either a billionaire or like a, a politician, and then they record them in a compromising way. And then, you know, they're like, oh, well, like, if you don't, you know, it has to, you know, the threat, threat is always there. If you don't go along with our agenda, then we will, you know, out you as, as this, that, or the other. From you know, the, the I, knocking kids. This is I think, I think it's interesting that, um, so I, I hadn't heard of that uh, that experimentation that was going on on these on I'll these children. The I'll send you the stuff. You but I find right, it very right. I find it very interesting that um, they were doing that on orphan children, right? On these kids, they have no parents, they have nobody to advocate for them. They I they put a system in place to get an advocate, but that wasn't really working. It sounds like, right. and like it's like when I when I compare it to like stuff going on today, I'm like, you know, yeah, okay. You can't have a job if you don't have first it was you know you can't work in the hospitality industry okay well who's that those are people who are paycheck to paycheck um who can't really afford to lose their jobs right. now you can't have a job period if you don't uh if you don't get the thing right okay well that's gonna that's gonna um up the ante a little bit but it's still like people with money don't work for an employer usually like people who have lots of money are are they have their own businesses yep. they don't have to comply or they, with this. Or they, they have a second do... home in florida where they can fly right, right. they don't have to follow the man right 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 or they can and move again, their businesses who's... to florida they can they can, they have the ability to vote with their feet yet right. at the same time they are allowing things like so every single person that is producing a play on broadway or who is producing an event or and i'm so angry with artists right now every single person who donates to the met every single person who donates to the moment was a who has put a piece in the guggenheim or a piece in the frick Every single one of those people who have allowed this to happen, they are complicit. They are just, as, as far as I'm concerned, that's the banality of evil. Right? So, yeah. So, and, and I don't know if you guys know, but uh, in my uh, in my former life, I was an actor, right? I went and, to Tish. Um, so interesting. We share that in yeah. common. Did not know. Um, and uh, I knew, I so I knew from the beginning, like I said, I knew from the beginning they were going to make a thing and they were going to mandate it, right? So I pretty much knew my my career was over, or at least temporarily over, um, because I know I know how that community is, um, and I know that they were not going to question. speak up. Do you think it's the community? So I actually was thinking a lot about after and SAG recently, and I started. I I had never spoken out against SAG publicly, and I did it recently. God, it felt good. Um, <laughs> I mean, listen, I was no. So what I'm reminded of is like during the SAG after strike in the I think it was '98 that um, I was asked to be the representative for Tish East, like students on the East Coast, basically meaning trying to convince people not to be scabs, right? Right. Okay. Well, I was remember I was at this event, you know, first of all, I would be on these phone calls where they would be talking about themselves, like all the union bosses, they couldn't give one about anybody except themselves. Yeah, the right, only right. people who really benefit from SAG are people who are doing really well already. It's, of course. It's, it's, for those who don't know, you have to play this weird game of not too soon, not too like early, not too late, whether you get your SAG card, but it's a big deal. So people who are walking off set, they were being handed SAG cards. And I remember going up to the person saying, what are you doing? And I, I said, so, so the people who are doing everything right don't get anything. And they, they're like, and who are you? What's your name? It was like, I've been on the phone with you for two weeks, right? You know, I left. And that was one of the reasons I decided to not be an actor before I graduated fully. I left the industry, but I'm convinced, you know, I read the AFTRA demands, the demands that are being made from AFTRA. They're like, they're in, not even March, 2020. They're sitting in February, 2020 in this made up idea of what's going on. I mean, 
how can actors look out and see everybody masked and think that that's reasonable and smart? Or how can they claim that masking doesn't do anything? We're actors. Masking is one of the things. There's coursework on this stuff. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, art in general uh, is supposed to be is supposed to be the thing that calls stuff out in a way that people can hear it or in, the, in a way that people can digest it right and you know it it's so interesting because and maybe to a certain extent like the elite uh of the profession was always like this like hollywood movies and 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 maybe broadway theater um and uh maybe i was just kind of naive to it before because i wanted to be that um but uh i hear that but I just, I mean, I knew in the beginning that that uh, that like theater folk and 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 um, like screen actors and and directors and and uh, playwrights and producers, they were all going to go for this. But right? the how to come and, back, like, But what happened to like the you know we had all these plays about HIV/AIDS. We had all these right. plays about these. I, I there's something that reminds me too much about you know in theater history, like the stories of like Meyerhold and the stories about the the Yiddish theaters in Russia. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have forgotten our history as as theater people, but also as artists in general. And by that, I mean artists who are live performers in some way. And you know, I think it became political. I mean, I think I'm that, sure, but I that think happened that... before. And and people, quite bluntly, remember Meyerhold's wife ended up being stabbed twelve times, her eyes gouged out, and he got tortured. So mm -hmm. artists don't get really well treated ultimately when things go in this direction. Yeah, so it's right. in their best interest to perhaps, oh, I don't know, stop doing a reverse red scare just because they're angry. Well, they, they don't want to be canceled is what it comes down to, right? I, I don't even I think, know if that's I think, it. Well, I think that's part of it. I think some of them don't agree, but they're just like, well, you know, I got to do what I got to do and I got to keep working and stuff. And I don't want my friends and family to think this of me. And then there are the ones who are fully on board. They're totally with the establishment. They think this is what we have to do to go back to normal. They've bought it. I think the majority I, I, are, are, are just in seeing in the middle and they honestly are just thinking it's easy. And, and I'll tell you something, a lot of these people really fucking shallow. Yeah. And I'm sorry, yeah. and, and especially in TV. And sure. It, no, yeah, yeah no, well, it's absolutely. It's the truth, well, it's the truth. I guess that goes back to what Ooh. Matt was going to say. And I guess you could comment a little more on this, but like, why is it that you perceived already very early that you just knew that these people were going to go along with this people in the theater scene actors those sorts because and, and i guess in new york you know they're more liberal lefty leaning so you can predict from that way but is it just their general demeanor like no it's it's you can, I can feel they, it so so they pretty much hook line and sinker went anti-trump Right. That's when it became like very, very political. Right. Yeah. Now, they were always kind of like against Republicans. Right. And like from a Bush era standpoint, I get that. Right. Um, I totally understand that. Also, even but, the, the Christian right of the 90s that were very, you know, trying to shut down Corpus Christi and that sure. we're doing a lot. Right. Of the, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So like I get it. Right. So it was like we're against Republicans because of the Bush era. Cool. Cool. With you. I'm on board. And then um, they were against Trump. And, you know, for for his good and his bad, like they, like they made him out to be this like Hitler character, which he Insane. was not even close to. Right. And um, and by the way, I went I went along with this until March 2020. Wow. About Trump. 
right? Like Dan was saying in the beginning, like like Mac got red pilled <laughs> over the so last. It, was, year. it wasn't really that late. Like, so yeah. what? Can well, you that, describe that's what I, that was like. That was me? one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you know I knew based on our conversations in New York and stuff that you kind of started to wake up to this stuff because of all this shit. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, wow, I've been lied to about a lot of things. <laughs> right. So my, yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing was like, um, so like, like I said, I like sort of like shut myself in my house for the first two months of COVID knew that they were going to try to do a thing mandate and like, kind of was like, uh, like, I, I was like, that's going to be the time where I, you know, um, where this is going to, the shit's going to hit the fan for me. And then, um, I had this like date in my mind, like, right. Like somewhere like mid May where like, that's what going to be when they're going to let us out again. Right. And then like late May, early June, and we still had all these restrictions and like the COVID cases were like down on the, like we had had this big curve and then it was like down on the floor. Right. So I was like, I was like flatten the curve. Like it's flat. Like we're done. Right. And then (laughs) we were. So that's when I started to be like, no, I didn't sign up for this, right? I was like, I, no, I, I signed up to flatten the curve and stay in my house like a good little boy. Was that and, when you started to like speak out more about this stuff? So yeah, so I started to, I started to speak out basically being like our, gov- our governor and our mayor are not dictators. The curve is flat. The state of emergency needs to be over. Like this is like common sense, right? Like this was you, the you state would think. Right. The stated goal was to flatten the curve. We have ostensibly done that. Yep. And and the the this stuff isn't going away. But so theaters being shut down, did that impact you? Did it really wake you up? Like having all the theaters gone, like as a as a performer, did that feel more you think that had a bigger impact than say if you were just restaurants and just because I know for me it freaked me out a lot. I mean, it was just it was the fact that things were still closed in general. In general. Right. Like I it needed to. I would have stayed, I would have been like, okay, we did a good thing if like June 1st, they had said state of emergency over everything back to normal. I would have been like, okay, we shut down for a little while. Yeah. Um, but so I started to speak out about it only on Facebook where like, you know, it's my Facebook is private. Um, I didn't want to go so public, but like I was so utterly vilified by like, like really like, you know, like nasty things like we all understand yeah 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 um yes by people my friends that were my friends right by people who not only that i considered my friends but people who i considered my very very close friends for years and it was just and i was getting texts and i was getting like angry phone calls and like and basically people started dropping out of my life like really fast and like all of a sudden I had no friends like none I'll be your new um, friend and uh <laughs> thank you well you're um, so I will when I come back we're gonna be friends now. <laughs> absolutely no I, I have I have all these amazing new friends now <laughs> so it, it's okay but but anyway so to talk about like my political journey right so I started at begrudgingly at first listening to voices that I otherwise would not have dreamed to listen to in the past. Um, And I was like, I was like, I I was like, oh my, like to use like a cliche example, like I'm sitting there going, 
oh my God, I'm watching Tucker Carlson. Like, <laughs> I'm watching Tucker Carlson. Uh, you <laughs> like, know, I, I had similar moments. I had moments like that too. Like, similar I feel like, moments. Because like, 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 I'll be honest with you, uh, the documentary, the decisions with PP, I, I, I'm a documentary fiend. He could have he done that a little bit better. But I have seen the going, I, I, I DVR Tucker Carlson. Like, that's right. Right. Yeah. I got Fox Nation subscription. What is going on, man? Yeah, yeah. no, I was, and, and I had like, there were same thing though, here. seriously, the same thing. I had a moment where I was just like, wow, like, how is it that of all the media and everything happening right now, I'm like, right. it's just Fox and like Tucker Carlson. It's only Tucker Carlson. talking right? about like this thing or that thing oh. that I think is important. And I'm just like, wow, he's actually right. saying the truth. I'm like, that is correct. And I'm not saying Fox obviously doesn't put their own spin on things of course they don't have their own agenda but i understand what you mean because it's no one else was talking about certain things and it would like only be tucker and you're just like i'm over listening to fucking tucker carlson because no one else will cover this subject right right (laughs) can i just go for something you should listen to by the way while we're talking about media if you have never listened to no agenda podcast it's with um adam curry and john c dvorak it's the only thing i listen to every week, sometimes twice a week if I can. It is the best, they do a deconstruction of news and media. And it's like Salford or Amygdala, it's like, it's amazing. And- What's it called? You know, it's called No Agenda. And okay. it's got the whole community and stuff like in the morning, um, there's gonna be, I guarantee you people who want, who are part of No Agenda who will hear this and they'll be like, yeah. So I highly, highly recommend it, especially for somebody like, you know, it's terrific. And it's, you can find it on um, noagendashow.net or um, okay. any podcast, but it's Thursdays and Sundays is when they do the new one. And it's kept my brain sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's good for your amygdala. Yeah. yeah, there no, it is. I'll the new, the newest. Yep, yeah, there's the newest one right now with an Elmo. Is there, so they change the cover every okay. single episode too. Got so. it. All right, I found the one. They're fantastic. Yeah. No, yeah, but that's it's just like, but for you, this political journey was like it was like a quick sort of thing that happened. Yeah. So I like. So yeah, I have. I had the oh my god, I'm watching Tucker Carlson moment, <laughs> and then like and like other like moments like what am I looking at? Like these yeah. are like these are these evil republicans like i can't so but I'm, like but they're i am republican now. <laughs> right 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 i and i tell you the truth i only switched my voter registration to the republican party a couple months ago yeah. like that's how you like, officially did that in new york like i did okay, yeah. I, you did that too well everyone okay, knows we should next thing you know you and i are going to go to like the republican like club like the like metropolitan republican club and the west side club and yeah, it'll be hilarious. So now the world knows that both of you are insurrectionists. Hey, you're a lock cabin <laughs> Republican now. You know that what that is, like, right? Just a lock cabin so Republican. You know yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what that yeah. is. I know what that is. Rock and roll. Um, man. So I, I, yeah. I, so anyway, this was back way before I re-registered my party or anything. But I was like, I, I, I was listening to those voices, and basically, what ended up happening was I was having multiple moments where I was like, well, they're right about they're right about the pandemic. What else are they right about? Uh And I'm like, you know, I'm listening to like little things and I'm like, and like a lot of stuff that was very difficult for me to hear in the beginning, because I was like, I was coming from this, like, you know, lefty utopia world in my head, you know? And I, and, (laughs) and I, I was like, but I was, but I forced myself. I was like, and not, not just Tucker or Fox by any means. I listened to a lot of like, um, sort of, uh, Independent, great bar. 
pregnant. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, we dabble in that stuff, but Brian and I don't really like I don't actively listen to, listen no, I don't to listen a lot to of RuPaul. Either. We're like moderates. Like, we we honestly, we do Steve like Tim. <laughs> we like Tim Pool. We're cool. Listen, I'm a classical. Yeah, yeah, but I I always, so myself I'm a Tim Pool addict. Yeah, I mean, so we I don't agree like, with him on everything, and we get kind of mad at him sometimes when we listen to him, but we liked him. You know what? I, I think, like, I get mad at people too, but like, I feel like if you are, if I feel like you're generally like somebody like Tim Pool, like, I feel like if you're generally like, you're, you're coming from a place of honesty of like where you are, like on a certain issue. And I don't feel like you're trying to like, just toe a line to be popular. Yeah, like, I can... Then what's going on with like, so, I mean, this is what I don't understand. There seems to be this, it's like mommy and daddy are fighting all the time. By that, I mean, all of these once liberal intellectuals whom I looked up to, some of them have seemed to have lost their damn minds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. And too. I, so, okay, we're both Jewish. So we can have this conversation, all right? I oh, am we out of this conversation. Well, no, no, it's just <laughs> without getting in trouble. You can be, I mean, but we only give you permission. Okay. <laughs> like, we have like anoint you that you can I talk about know. the Holocaust. Oh, thank I mean, I'm you. so kidding. Well, girl. you you have to it's stop ridiculous. talking about gay issues, girl. No, You're no, not no. allowed now. That's You're... fine. I've been, in, I was anointed a long time ago as a fairy prince. <laughs> but no, the thing though is, I'm, I'm so joking, but here's the thing is, you know, what I can't believe is people like James Lindsay and, you know, who, who has pointed out clear evidence of things of like of what is anti-Semitism being called an anti-Semite. Tim Pool pointing out that these things are, I mean, I'm sorry, is it never again or never, maybe not really just maybe we'll do it one more time. Right. You know, like, and, and, and there's, at what point is it like pin the tail on the genocide, right? You get right. so close that you can suddenly say, oh, right. Cause my friend in Germany, right. She, she's wonderful. She's an amazing, she's a Jew in Germany. And she said, that her grandmother always said to her that it did not, it was the thing that was the moment that she knew that things were gonna be a problem was actually April 1st, 1933. And that was when Jewish boy- businesses were boycotted. Mm-hmm. And they just showed from Germany right now, signs being done by, this is Antifa, real Antifa, okay? Saying Germany, Antifa, putting these big signs that say, do not serve the unvaccinated. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. And, in Germany. And, uh, and, and so you know, I'm, at what point? Where along the way? I mean, the yeah. So way- I've had a I've had a similar experience. Um, I have a I'm Jewish, and I've been called an anti semite for daring to make to draw any historical comparisons so between that time in Germany and, and, and now. For those of us who lost family, that is so evil to do to us. Yeah, because, but what's right. crazy is they view it the other way. They say it's evil and bad of you to make the comparison well, because, oh, we lost family. Well, no, and this is what no, I They're using it as a shield. Honestly, they're using oh, it Oh, I'm as not a saying I agree with them. I'm saying that this, is, just the, this, is, the, this is the place that they claim to be coming from. Well, it's, it's yeah. not bullshit. And it's one of the reasons why so many people died. You know, like 1944, 300,000 Hungarian Jews died. My family's from yeah. Hungary. Screw that. I'm sorry. If you, and you have to wait along to get permission from whom? Who do we have to get permission from to say, stop doing things? Right. Well, don't, like, don't do it. Don't I mean, I think people, I think people like, you know, I understand that people get like a little knee jerk reaction at the, at the um, comparison. But when I, what I want to say to people is like, if you think about it for a second, right? Yes. I am not saying that there are death camps where people are being systematically exterminated. That was the end of the Holocaust. If you step back for a second and you realize that like Hitler was elected, I think 1931. 
something. It was, it was, it was around. The, it was yeah. before democratically they invaded, elected to boot. Yeah, democratically elected like eight years before they invaded Poland. And they started doing little things. Don't buy from these stores. Oh, okay. Jews aren't allowed here. Oh, okay. Uh, it was blah, an blah, blah. escalation. There was it was an escalation. But it technically started even before then, and it started here with eugenics. It, it, we exported this stuff mm-hmm. because it started here. The very this is what's so freaky. The the Jacobson v. Massachusetts, right? Ruben, that horrible Ruben. decision. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing: is the decision happened, but at the end of the day, he didn't actually get the vaccine, and he was fined five dollars, which he didn't even pay. However, right. you fast forward to the Holmes Beck versus Bell, right? And that one, he cites that ruling and says, essentially, because you can man- have mandatory vaccines, then you can cut a woman's fallopian tubes because three generations of imbeciles are, are enough. And then you fast forward to 1978, the year I was born. And in 1978, three Mexican women were, um, were, were uh, made infertile in California. And the ruling was that was for the greater good. And so this is still around. And so if anybody's freaked out, if any woman is worried, if anyone is worried about your you know, ability to choose with your body, then yeah. what the heck are you doing? I don't right. understand. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And, and, then, and this became, it was after Buck v. Bell that 65,000 women were mm-hmm. made infertile. And right. then the Nazis looked back and said, huh, this actually is a really good idea the Americans have. We're going to take that and expand on it. And right. that's how we got there. So anyone who's saying this isn't the same is ignorant, arrogant, or a liar. Right. One of the three. Right. And the other thing, the other thing that I try to say to people is like you yelling at me, telling me that I'm not allowed to make this comparison. Who, who does that help? That only helps the people in power who are doing the segregation, because then they get to say, oh, yes, see, all these people are calling out these anti-Semites who have the gall to compare these wonderful things that we're doing to something atrocious like that. Right? They thought it was the greater good and wonderful. I mean, listen, a lot of good Germans thought it was wonderful. Right. That, you well, know, Jews they, were they, being like those, the dirty Jews were being, you know, kept away from the public. I had a saying in, in German, which basically translated to for your safety. Yep. Right. So. It did. And then I, I wanted to, because the, the Buck v. Bell case is like very, oh, very important. Very. Just even here at home, because so Jacobson happened, right? And it set a precedent that, you know, the government can, you know, basically demand medicine of your body. That is that is bad enough. Right. And then Buck v. Bell is used as a precedent to to do um, to do eugenics in the United States. Right. And then. Yeah. And and um, and now you have uh, 2021 and it's like, you know, well, and, and then people go people say like to me, like, well, We've always made we've always made the things mandatory. Like you have to get the thing to go to school. So like you know what's we the problem? We bring slavery back because there's a precedent because we've done it before. Yeah. And right. what's crazy is they they act and they're not wrong in that. Sure, I mean there are mandatory vaccinations for school and all that, but they're comparing completely different scenarios and situations. That's right. One, there are religious exemptions for school vaccines. That is a right. thing. And normally I don't not think in New York anymore, but 
and they've been denying people the exemptions for this shot. So that's one difference. Two, never has it ever happened in any time that I can think of, not in this country, certainly, where people had to get a particular injection to attend a movie or right. a concert or a bar or a restaurant or a museum. Unless you were Jewish and it was like, 1934. Sure. Right? And this is my point. It's just like when they make those comparisons, it's either they don't know any better or they are disingenuous because it's like right. aren't the same situations. One, those te- those shots are tested in a different way and for longer periods of time. These are a, this is a very new tech we're dealing with that we've injected into a massive amount of people. We don't exactly know how the mRNA stuff is going to affect people long term. We don't know. So that's one level of it. But the second level of it is like, is it the coercion? Mm-hmm. what we're doing is coercion and it's never happened to do all of these very mundane normal things i don't want to hear about your university i don't want to hear about what shots you needed to fucking get to go fly to this country or that country i don't want to hear those comparisons right can you name me a time ever when people ever had to inject themselves to go and to do a normal thing like a concert or some shit or to have a job yeah. or to have a job well now yeah, they're they want to they right. extend that umbrella to cover children to include you know the right yeah. to go to school like in Nuts. la right now there's well, thing and, and here's here's the other thing um is that you know they say well what's the problem you had to have injections to go to school and here's the thing that people are that a lot of people are not saying also is is that correct to require children to have all these shots to go to school, yeah. right? Especially with what we're seeing now. Maybe you didn't think anything of it before, but there's like- There's a debate to be had there. There is, there is a debate to be had there. Absolutely. And like, you know, and so when you tell me, oh, but you have to get shots to go to school, <laughs> what's the problem? I come back and I'm like, yeah, and is that is that right? Is that something that's correct to do? Because again, you know, rich people can send their kids to private school. Uh, or they can school their tutor. children, they have resources to get a tutor, but, you know, poor people, they have no choice, they have to send their kids to public school, they got to pump them up with the thing, and you're right, uh, Dan, that there are religious exemptions, those got, those were repealed in New York in 2019, there is no longer a religious exemption for K-12 to children to attend school, Do you know the um, it has to only be medical. This is an amazing like article, there's a, I just tweeted it out, there's a Harvard Law Review article about Jacobs and B. Mass, and then the third paragraph, it says, for example, Jacobson involved, the title is Toward a 21st Century Jacobson v. Massachusetts. And it says, for example, Jacobson involved compulsory vaccination in the midst of a smallpox epidemic when there was no other less coercive means available to staunch the outbreak. In this situation, vaccination was medical necessity to combat the disease. On the other hand, for sexually transmitted diseases, STDs like HPV, compulsory vaccination is not a medical necessity because individuals can protect themselves through some combination of sexual knowledge, disease screening, safe sex, and abstinence. And it goes on like this, and, it, and it's a very rational, very logical, and it's Harvard Law yeah, Review. And if only they use that same argument with, oh, well, people can just get some rest, and it's some from- vitamin D, you know, uh, ivermectin, other Heresy. Heresy, but it's heresy, from 2008, yeah. this, this thing. And I just tweeted it up because I'm saying at some point, just like there was the, the, Cole, uh, the Cole County, uh, Missouri case, which basically said that this is pointedly recent case ruling, which said that none of this is, is, is constitutional. None of it. Eventually, if our country isn't completely, then this will end up getting to the Supreme Court because it is clearly 
I issue that just like Holmes's dis, like his his dissent, which stated that no, no, sorry, uh, I was wrong about not not yelling fire in a theater. That it was it was a little more complicated than that. That dissent is part of what gives us the same guy Holmes. Now we're we're gonna you know have another thing here, but what we do end up with is a bunch of talking heads who I guarantee you that there are people on CNN who know this. Who you know the, I'm sorry, Joy Reid who went to Harvard. Hey, Joy Reid, Harvard Law Review. <laughs> You know, Joy's not watching this shit. Yeah, maybe she will one day, and then she'll suddenly call me a what? A white supremacist? Okay. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You're such a white supremacist. I'll just call her a bullshit. So let's, we're coming. We're we're about we're about an hour and forty minutes. Let's yeah, we down here. Yeah. I want to I want to ask our guest stars, and then maybe I'll comment. Where do we see things going in the next three to six months in New York City and in the country beyond? We'll let Matt Matt that. take it off. Um, I have some reason to hope. Um, there was, uh, so there was a judge in Manhattan. Give me the white pills, girl. I like white pills. Yeah. <laughs> it's the black pills. The, the, um, there was a judge in Manhattan that blocked um, the mandate for, uh, I, they were, Instagram was saying it was for NYPD, but it might be for all city workers. At, at this point that there's an, not an injunction, but there's a, a temporary restraining order against uh, the, the, the city mandate. Um, so we'll see how that progresses. There, there are is also battles. Yeah. I mean, there's also like the, the uh, federal, um, the, 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 the fact that Biden's mandates just keep getting shut down at every turn. Yeah, which I actually is met with a lawyer who's involved with that, um, doing that for, you know, large groups, because most of them are being done for groups. So there's a lot going on in the law that we don't Yeah, know. yeah. And then so the, there's the restaurant lawsuit that's pending. Um, and the, this new mandate for all employees is going to be challenged in court. My, my hope stems from the fact that the tide seems to be turning, at least in the courts, of like people being like, this is too much, this is too far. Um, if that happens, I don't think Eric Adams is going to pursue it. I think, I think, I, I don't, I don't, I think Eric Adams, if, if the courts don't block it, I'm not sure what he's going to do. Um, he may continue the policies because he thinks that's what his base wants. But I think that if the courts step in, I don't think he's going to pursue it uh, because I think he wants to, I think he wants to be the new mayor who has a prosperous city that's not full of, that's, you know. That's a very good point. And if he's smart, that's what he'll do. Yeah. If he's smart and the courts don't intervene, he will lift the mandates anyway. But I don't, I hesitate to like, want Eric Adams to save us because it should not be a mayor's prerogative whether or not to segregate their citizens. This just shouldn't be happening, period. There should be no, you know, lockdowns, period. Right, 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 right. So in a way, I kind of want the courts to say it's not okay because if Eric Adams just comes in- We don't in want says, to further legitimize their freaking power. It's like, they got us right. in this mess. Then if they get, if he gets us out, then they're going to use that later and be like, look, see, I was the guy who looked at the mandates. Like, shut the- Right. Right, 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 right. Any so that's sort of actions there yeah. for the next three to six months about the nation. What do you think? Anything? What about this? Have you heard this whole like Russia, Ukraine brouhaha that's going down recently? It's a whole nother thing we didn't even talk about. Yeah, no, let's not get too deep into another subject. I don't, but 
I was just no, I was just asking for general predictions. You think we're heading I toward predict on that one? You think we're heading toward a country divorce? This was one of the things we were talking about in our last episode. But you know, more and more people are talking about secession and things like that, and the union splitting up. And it seems like read George if, Washington's farewell address and get a brain about that one, people. <laughs> so one one of the reasons for that that we were discussing in our last show with Cam that he brought up could be the abortion issue, which is a pretty hot issue. But my personal view of it, and this is what I told him as well, is I think the mandates is the biggest dividing thing right now in the country. And the major, major thing that I think determines between, I mean, just look at Florida to New York and just the contrast between the two of them. There's two different countries happening right now. And we're seeing people swapping over across the country from all different sides. So are we heading toward a split? What do you think? You think the think America can handle that? Um, I think, I think that I, I, I don't think that that's going to happen, although I've been known to be wrong before. Um, I, I don't think that that's, I hope happen. you're right. But what I think, I think what I think needs to happen to stop this like crazy, like, or not stop it, but to alleviate it a little bit is that we, there needs to stop being so much executive power in, in all forms of government, in, in municipal, state, and federal government. The in, in a lot of ways, I think the legislature has ceded uh, a lot of power to the executive, and I think it needs to go back. I think we need to, states of emergency have their place, like in a hurricane or in like a, a couple things, but I think that they- Two years! They need to be made very limited in scope uh, and duration. Um, and I think that's going to, I think that it, it just in terms of the mandates, at least that's going to solve a lot of this because I don't think a lot of legislature or I don't think that a lot of legislatures are going to actually legislate segregation into law. Um, so that's one thing that that's, that's, that's something that I, I think, I think we don't have to divorce if we go back to the system of government on which we were founded. We'd have to um, get rid of the, uh, one of those amendments, though. Basically, everything that Woodrow Wilson did just acts it all. Just like get rid of all of it. <laughs> all the progressives. But uh, you know, I had a question for you, if you don't mind, based on that. Yeah. So, um, here's my worry. You know, like honestly, and, and this is because of having spent time under um, in Romania under the communists and having talked to people um, who've been through that stuff. Is that I will agree with you. The idea of waiting for, or even hoping that Eric Adams is going to do anything, there's there's multiple reasons why that worries me a lot. One is, if you look up the Hope experiment, where you take rats basically, and you you know you put them in a in water, and they swim, and it's a really cruel experiment, um, and it really shouldn't be called the Hope experiment. It should be called the you know. Um, uh, the abusive, um, like narcissistic the drowning experiment. rat experiment. No, it's no the 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 false hope experiment because what happens is is this this the rat goes they put it in for after a few minutes the rat will drown, then you mm-hmm. take that another rat you do it the rat almost drowns you pick up the rat and you comfort it and you make it feel secure and you you know like just do nice things it. to it and then you and put it back in you put it back in again oh, and right. so. Now, also, especially if this was a domestic rat, right? Like like a wild rat, but a domestic rat. So guess how long after, this is just moments earlier, this rat nearly drowned after two minutes. 
how long do you think it'd swim the next time? After well, I've, I've actually heard of the experiment. So I, I, it was like something like 20 minutes, right? 60 hours. 60 hours. 60 hours. So the thing, so there's that thing is that one of the things that I think is going on with this stuff is that what they're doing with us is that they're going to give a, like, give a little bit and then take back, give a little bit and then take back. And the reality, what they've been doing. and that's what, yeah. and it's also, they've already been doing it. It's yeah. 9-11 they've been doing. But it's now it's really rapid. And when somebody said to me who was from Romania, that this is like, this is the manifestation of the results of the prestige prison experiment. It gave me chills because I think that the, if, if people don't realize that it is up to us to say, no, we will no longer comply period. Then what will happen in my opinion in six months for three to six months is they'll give, they'll take, they'll give, they'll take, and then COVID zero will, will pivot to carbon zero. And this will continue on That'll for our COVID children's children. And, and until we realize <laughs> that we have to take masks, like for me, if we don't realize in three to six months that masking children is abuse, that forcing vaccinations onto children is abuse and realize that it doesn't go well when societies and cultures start sacrificing their children mm -hmm. for the older population, supposedly. Mm -hmm. I mean, Peru with 500 kids, you know, children sacrificing. It didn't go well for them. It won't go well for us. So three to six months, I'll say that we will suddenly see a lift, then we'll see it go back and we will see um, it start to pivot towards carbon zero and that either New Yorkers will do a miracle like we did after 9-11 and then we saw in 2003 during the blackout and we will become a meta community again, or we're going to be there. And I hope somebody will be documenting as Rome falls. It's one or the other. Yeah. I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, um, but it's up to us, New York. It's yeah, up to you, I mean, New York, New I'm, York. I'm kind of in between the more like, I think Brent and I are both kind of in between the more black pill, white I think it's pill. a white pill because if we win, yeah. they will never, ever, 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 ever but be able to do this again. I probably lean more towards one as kind of darker take. But it's a I think things are going to get worse. But here's the thing. But, but no, and they have so far. So. But I'm saying that what I'm actually saying is really hopeful, though. I mean, like, as New Yorkers, I mean, you know, what we've experienced, I don't think anywhere in the world has ever experienced what we've experienced as a, as a unifying, like we, like last June was an attack. We know that this is an attack. That's what it is. And if we come together and we do what it is that we do, and we just start, you know, doing, not waiting for permission. I mean, yeah, during Bloom, like stop Bloomberg. Asking stop asking and just take the mask off. So Matt, I mean, Matt, stop you're- asking permission. Back to Matt and you're, you're, you're doing Wake this. Up often in your own little ways. And I love seeing your posts of you on the subway with your mask off. And we will ride together. Being a total, total rebel. And it's just honestly, like that might seem like such a little thing huge. to certain people, but it's not. I think cumulatively those types of actions are what will add up to eventually getting people to just say, okay, I can take it off. More people will feel comfortable and they'll be like, all right, back to normal. We're done with this. Don't take our word for it. Take Alexander Solzhenitsyn's word for it and live not by lies. That's what he says is the way out of these situations. Literally, that's what he says. And he, you know, if you like Gulag Archipelago, it's only like two pages long. You can read it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, what's interesting is like, I will... So like on the subway, I don't wear a mask, right? I will see people pull it down yeah. when they look at me and then like, they'll put it under their chin. And it's almost like this, like, is this okay? And it's like, yes, yes, it is. It is okay. Love your smile, smile, <laughs> you know? smile. Free the face. I, 
I have a, I, I, I so, you know, uh, I, I won't say where I work because, you know, I don't, I don't, do, don't do that. It's also yeah. good that you still have a job. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I do have to show, uh, show guests into the facility um, from time to time. And uh, actually quite often I have to do that. And um, I will come to the door and I'll let them in. And uh, they'll all, they will all obediently have their mask on because everybody thinks whenever they come into a building in New York that like, you know, I just, you have to put your mask on, even though there hasn't been a mask mandate since May, but that's another story. Um, and they'll walk in and I'll walk in. Hi, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. I'll walk them to the elevator and they'll be like this. They'll be like looking at me like. And like, <laughs> and so, can and, I can and one of two things okay. happens. Um, the first is uh, what doesn't happen very often, but it has happened on occasion, is that I get kind of an angry glare, right? Because you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. That- I do not. I do not wear a mask at That's work. Awesome. Okay. At all. Um, mm-hmm. and so the, uh, that, but that's really the minority of cases where I get an angry glare. I would say eighty percent of the time they will once we're in the elevator in the confined space of the elevator and and i have not put a mask on my face they take theirs off that's awesome and i'm like and i don't say anything about it i don't comment on it i don't nothing like you know i'm I'm in my professional environment i'm just all non-verbal you don't need to comment exactly right right exactly exactly yeah and And i gotta say being a part of the theater world and you doing that i almost want to cry because that's what I we know understand this stuff, you know, and we, this yeah. is this is our world. And I'm saying, like, I am gonna give you such a hug when we meet up. Yeah, I me too. Oh. I'm gonna give you kisses on each cheek. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, so that that's what I noticed. So I know I he's mean, dead. I, I, <laughs> I didn't say I was gonna give him like a slap. Yeah, it's, there's definitely a. It's it is psychological. It's so, much so psychological. The more you think about it, and I, it's the same with like in the beginning. If you were wearing it and people weren't, and hardly anyone was, right? You were looked at weird. But then right. as soon as it was mandated and everyone was wearing it, all of a sudden when you're not wearing it, you're looked at weird. So and and by the way, but, I took I took the mask off in most settings, um, fall of 2020. Um. I really, you and I, you and I are like in sync here, man. Wait, how? Did you <laughs> yeah. that? I like, took mine uh, off in May of 2020 when it got hot, and I never put one. That's on. awesome. So. That's yeah, that's amazing. I think I, mean, I, I want to make like a, We should totally make like this thing, like like this, like hey, baby, you can take it off. You can take it all off. Ooh. Like take out the mask. Like, I just, just say like, free, free the face. And it's like free the face. Yeah. yeah or I say face. I'm not anti-mask. Like I'm pro face. So it's like, dude, you want to wear it? I mean, do it. I'm not going to cancel. Yeah, you do you. Wearing it, do your thing. But uh, I prefer faces, and I would very much like to see your face. All right, and you ready for my for my black pill prediction? Oh, okay, geez. let's get yes. it. Yes. It's dark, ready? Yeah, but so you have to say it really in a low voice. It's, it's very dark and scary. Asthma, asthma, asthma. So in, in, in the winter, it's going to be the dark winter. There's going to be COVID-22. It's going to wipe out huge pumps of population Ooh. and the government's going to go really really crazy yeah. could be true and I, joe biden's going to die think maybe <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get the covid 22 well what part of the population do you have think, president kamala la, la, la. what part of the population do you, you think serious? is going to be most affected it's going to be african-americans 
Hmm. Wait a minute, are you being serious? Yeah. Wait, so say that again. I thought you were making a joke here. Why do you think it's going to be African-Americans? I was going to say it was going to be the poked. So what is going to be COVID-22? You're saying they're going to do the, the, like, like the. No, I'm just saying there's going to be another strain and it's going to be like real serious bad. There's going to actually be a real like, but okay, listen then. And they're going to blame the unvaccinated. It's really going to be affecting the vaccine. But no, but how are they, like, here's the thing though, how are they going to possibly keep themselves protected from such a thing? They're not smart enough to do that. I don't believe that these people have the capacity. No, they just lie. But, but how are they going to survive? What do you mean? Well, I think they didn't take the shot, so like their immune system. They are taking fine. it. They have well, absolutely. They have, a lot of the elites they have, have medical. Not. Listen, I'm just going to say I do not believe that the revolting elites have the capacity, the brain power, or even the ability to communicate with each they other enough. Not. I mean, look at Klaus Schwab. Let's look at him. It's like, imagine the most terrible I made. Like, yeah, I am a walking version <laughs> of a terrible Nazi, and I even look like I'm wearing. They all dress like they're coming right out of a Star Wars thing. Look at look at the they're, they're, like ever since our, like listen. I think it's a they they're not artful do you know what i'm saying These no i understand but hey, i could I, be wrong okay i think i think some of them are certainly smarter than they would like us to think but there's another piece of good news though is that this this moronic variant right because it's so moronic there the number of actual you know blue anons yeah, or people who are considered the elite that have been saying um we have to actually look at this like objectively. A bunch of them are starting to say that now. Hello. So yeah. I think that yeah. there's something to be said about, Schwab. you know, oh yeah, the Schwab. Oh, oh that's okay, scary. I got it. You know what? Here's the thing though. Well, he's so that's dumb. A college Schwab, and also right? he, they had to cancel something because he got so many death threats recently. Um, and so Europe is going to like, so one of the it predictions like about the world though, awesome I will say this is I do believe, and this is what's really the most scary. So the, the third world, and I have friends who are, you know, I know Pandata is an amazing organization and, you know, shout outs and thank yous to Nick Hudson, who's in South Africa, who, who started it out. But you, when you see the statistics and the numbers that are coming out of places like Cambodia, um, Borneo, um, like these are places that when you lock these people down, they don't Netflix until they die. And, mm-hmm. and so my biggest worry is actually what's going to be happening in places outside of America and in places such as like where Austria is going to go with these things, where Germany is going to go with these things. Yeah. Well, and, we're already and, seeing and, that. And we're also Australia. That. And, and, I, and I encourage anyone who is mocking people who are worried about this to ask yourselves, wait a second, why am I getting a dopamine hit off of judging and yelling at people who are concerned that coercion is, is a problem? Because this is, I mean, especially women, I, I'm, I don't know how we went from my body, my choice, or me too, or time's up to suddenly I'm, I, I, I will so say again, weird. listen, I'll say again, for me in this weird position that I'm in, where at this point, of course, I wouldn't choose to do this stuff because it's madness, but having never been able to, and always assuming that I have this nice little handy dandy letter written by the head of Mount Sinai that could actually tell me I'm upset, but the fact that I'm not. And the fact that people have flat uh, called me a parasite to my face, I've been spit on. I've been told that I can't even go to a, like, go to a bathroom. I've been told, nah, you know, you or you can go to the bathroom. Like I live a block away. Are you kidding me? You know, I when you experience that and you realize these people would rather me in like pain of the highest in the Miguel pain index or dead than non-compliant. We're in a really weird situation. Well, this was why I brought up the talk of divorce and secession and why so many are talking that way because it's when you meet some of these people 
or especially when you see them online. And I know online can be a hall of mirrors and the voices are amplified. But when you just read the way they talk about us, like we're not humans. But listen, they've always been there. Sure. And, and I'll say they just got louder, but Washington well, warned to, us. Just to, to wrap this, this point up and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. But you know, the point is you fucking I'm my sorry. Oh, no. You were saying that the, 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 the fact that I said that these people were absolutely, you know, scaring the crap out of me and that those are the people that are separating. That are, yeah. Sorry, uh, the point I was making is I understand why people are like, I don't want to share a country with folks like uh, that. Of course like, I can. get that sentiment. I totally, that was the point I was trying yes. to make. And I'm not saying like America should rip apart because that's going to be bloody if that happens. And some people think, oh, we could have a peaceful divorce and maybe that's possible. But I understand the sentiment. I get it. I know? think, that- I mean, in, in terms of like, the perhaps the argument to stay one country is is you know we're just talking about what's going on in europe and um you know if you are if you are an austrian let's say it's not just oh i can go to another state quote unquote because they have nationwide laws right i mean one of the things that's so that i've come to appreciate in this last year so much about america is the limited power of the federal government and the fact that if it gets bad enough i can come bunk with you guys in florida it's true <laughs> you know what i mean i think i, yeah. think, I think mark Changizi made a similar point to us when, when we were talking when we were talking to him and and it is something we take for granted it's like you're right if you're in austria right now like you have to leave your entire country to get away from this shit we are very privileged still where we can go to another part of our country and hop over those state lines right and i don't need anybody's permission to do that i can just go not not yet and it could get worse so my mother coming from a communist country you know she experienced that she experienced that you know when they this is the thing is that if we do if if a a country secedes, sorry if a state secedes, suddenly that state is going to be facing essentially what lenin called you know the worry about you know having you don't want your neighbors to to have if you if you're dealing with the people that think that um uh, the sound of a bird chirping is insulting to their own sense because that that freedom even existing is insulting to them they're not going to want to you know allow somebody you know next door and then suddenly have the whole power of the u.s government going in and, and you know going after texas but even worse than that I'm an American, right? And if New York, and you're an American, and if New York suddenly is treated as no longer part of the country, then we're basically doing another Yalta yeah. without even a deal. Like it's not, it's a worse deal ever. Yeah. Well, and then my mother experiencing another year. I mean, I used to go back and forth. I was, I was crying with my, on, my, on the phone with my mom today about this because I remember going back and forth under the communist Romania. And I used to love to go see my grandmother, but I always knew I was coming home. And that's the thing that's so strange that we have to remember that, you know, we're all, so, you know, I feel for you, not just because I'm a New Yorker, like a boot on your back is a boot on mine. And in George Washington himself warned us that this would happen from, you know, inside and outside and that our union has to be preserved. And I'll say, there's a lot of people I don't want to share a country with. I mean, I can think of quite a few people I would rather not share a country with, but that's part of being adults. You know, it's sort of like we're going through this teenage phase of America. And if we just suddenly think that we have to secede and that's the only way out, then maybe it's the Hungarian in yeah. me that says, no, we will push back and well, fight. I, th- I think I agree with you. And it's it's why, it's why you know, even though Brent and I had to leave and made a decision, 
you know, we've talked about New York City and everything happening there nonstop. Like, we never stop talking there's about New Yorkers it. around because, the, around the country. Like, sure, like we we could just leave and settle in Florida and just fuck mm-hmm. off and live yeah. our our lives normally again because the mandates are banned here. But it's just, what yeah. is that going to do? This stuff isn't going to stop. They're they're going to want to spread it to Florida and spread it to to the rest of the nation. So it's like. I think the union should be preserved. I do agree with you there. And I understand why people view it as sacred. You know, the country was founded because the colonies were able to fucking get together and cooperate. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just I just meant that I get the sentiment, get too. Get and like yeah. you said, there are many people in this country where it's like, shit, I don't want to share a country with you. But on all that note, I, I will think, say we have to thank. I think we should. Yeah. I want to say the thank you though to these guys because you just made a really amazing point. You know, to all the people who, and excuse me if I get emotional, to everybody who has ever been a New Yorker or isn't, but has been and is in a free state wherever they are and cares about us. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's that's like, how we'll win, and it is not only how we win. I mean, for me, I remember. You know. That's how we got through and survived another really horrible. I mean, this this is worse. This is like the buildings falling down in slow motion, and yeah. they will never stop. But the thing is, is that as an American, not just as a New Yorker, but as an American, and as you know, my I carry the I have it with me now. I carry the pocket constitution in my in my purse, just like my mom did. And my mom just did an interview with you know young socialists and against young socialism Americans against young Americans against socialism and I listen to her what you guys are doing you don't have to be doing this you don't have to be letting me stay here you don't have to be talking to us you could just be up and going and I'm emotional about it because that's what it's going to take from all of us and you know and it's it's that's why that's why being American matters do it Power to okay, the people. We got Sorry you, girl. No, it's okay. On that note, thank <laughs> you guys sorry. for watching this really intimate and controversial yeah. episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. Um, Matt, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's at Mantar NYC. That's my first initial and my last name. Mantar. 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 Love it. Like a mon- like a monitor. Do you have a YouTube channel yet? I do. I have three videos up. They have like less than a hundred views. Well, because I saw you were posting little clips on your Instagram, and I'm like, What's... Matt should do a YouTube. We should do a YouTube. Channel. Yeah. So, so those things that I have on my Instagram are also on YouTube. I, yeah. I, I don't What's know. I mean, I, I've never done before, but... What's your YouTube channel? Uh, oh God. Um. Wait. Ooh, so... he's on it's not Mantar. It's. I mean, we we could. Uh... I'll put the link in the description. We'll put the link up there. Yeah. All right, Matt Antar, one subscriber. I wonder who that is. Um, We're about to have two as soon as yeah, I can find well, you. Well, we got you, bro. Oh, I got you. You now have two. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. <laughs> and then Juana, where can people find you? Um. So, uh, so my name is spelled O O A N A. So basically, almost everywhere you could find me at as as that. But um, on Twitter, it's at O O A N A, and on YouTube, it's at it's youtube.com slash O-O-A-N-A. Please subscribe because once, you know. And I'm looking for somebody or people <clears throat> to help me put up Eugenie Inescu's rhinoceros. 
I think we could do some things sometimes. So I think we uh, I think we're gonna have to do that because you know, are you a one horned or a two horned rhinoceros is the question. Mm. All right, three subs. So from Dangerous Frederick and then four subs. Thank you. My private page. There you go. You got four subs now. Brett, you got to go. Yay. Bye. Okay, I'll get right to it. We'll All, see right. We can close All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Um, we hope you know you found this episode. I don't want to say entertaining because I don't want to say our our sorrows and our troubles are entertaining, but we hope you found it informative. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the Tucker Carlson moment? You're so right there, right there, you know? I'm watching Tucker Carlson. Oh, God. All right, guys. Take care. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>